1: Right, just a quick uh, traffic update here. Thanks to Kevin for texting 630-630. He says a big accident, Highway 16 eastbound and westbound is closed by Cougar Creek and the Duffield Shell. Wow, that's uh, that's a big one. Thanks for that, Kevin. We'll keep an eye on that. So Kevin texting in from the road, Highway 16 closed Well, I guess both directions, eastbound and westbound by Cougar Creek and the uh, Duffield Shell. He says they are detouring everybody around, so I guess you'd have to pop off the highway. We'll keep an eye on that. Kevin, thanks a lot for the update. You can always text 63630. The phone number is 780-496-0063. James says, uh, Reed, not to worry, I'll clear that game purchase with Sid, LOL. They had to throw in that LOL, James, otherwise I would have done it. <laughs> it's 7:07. Oakland leading the Blue Jays two zip. That game is in uh, the top of the seventh. Busy day today. We have uh, we had Mike Riley on the show. The Eskimos getting ready to play BC on Friday night. It's on 6:30. Chad six o'clock for the countdown to kick off. The game will start at 7:30. The Eskimos playing two in a row at home bc this friday hamilton next friday then august 10th and 17th they'll be on the road at ottawa and at winnipeg oh looking way ahead friday august 25th the saskatchewan rough riders in town i wonder if there'll be any rider fans ready for that game they're probably already getting ready carving out watermelons buying pilsner getting ready to lose oh i took it too far uh, the Oilers, a uh, couple of uh, key members of the Oilers, part of the Mark Spector Golf Classic at the Quarry, head coach Todd McClellan and center Mark Letestu. You can get McClellan's full comments on the Oilers page on 630 com. He was asked a pretty specific question, if uh, despite the uh, injuries with Andre Sekra on defense, going to be out probably about half the year, will Oscar Kleffbaum and Adam Larson remain a pairing?
3: In an ideal world, we'll keep them together. I thought they really... Uh... Grew up as a pair throughout the regular season. They could be counted on in a, in a number of different situations, whether it was uh, the need for offense or, or a shutdown-type situation. But um, you know, we're expecting the group to come back and and pick up from where they left off. It's not like it's a new group that has to learn the uh, the systems, the ways, the language, um, or even learn each other. Really, if that if that makes any sense. Um, you know, so we're, we're hoping they can pick up where they left off. We also want some of our younger players to come in and push and challenge. And the minute you get that happening, that internal competition, uh, I think your team is, is beginning to get set up for, uh, for a good future.
1: All right, so some comments there from uh, head coach Todd McClellan, of course, a finalist for Coach of the Year. And also today, this morning, there was the news conference at Rogers Place starting to ramp things up for the UFC making its Edmonton debut. UFC 215 is going to be on uh, Saturday, September 9th. Tickets, by the way, go on sale this Friday. So remember that if you're interested in attending this. It's going to be a couple of world championship fights. You'll hear from one of the world champs, the Nunez in a few minutes but uh, I wanted to sit down with David Shaw who's the UFC Senior Vice President so a uh, really high-ranking guy he uh, originally from Toronto now lives in Las Vegas hit on a few things with him but we started with uh, why it's important to get a UFC footprint here in Edmonton
0: yeah I mean the decision for us was was very simple I mean we've worked a lot with uh, Bob Nicholson and his team to bring this event together um, Edmonton I mean as we spoke about earlier a great sports town rich sports tradition uh City of Champions, and we're bringing a, uh, a card full of champions. Uh, we've got two championship bouts on the card, in addition to three former champions on the pay-per-view card as well, so there's some incredible value and uh, some really impressive fighters that are going to compete, and it was about time. Um, you know, the event development and scheduling process can be a tricky uh, time thing at times, mainly because, you know, it's, it's just one large puzzle, and uh, sometimes it's just you got to have the right city available at the right time when you're able to come there, so for us it's a no brainer, uh, and we're uh, we're thrilled to be coming here.
1: How important is it in a sport like this that involves, you know, they're not wearing helmets or face masks or anything like that? It's a solo one-on-one type sport. How important it is to have personalities that you can market as well as physical ability?
0: It's a, it's a great question. Um, I mean, for us, it's important to have someone that represents, um, you know, their own brand, their own values, that um, goes to great lengths to try to build their own personal brand and their own personal values. Um, I mean, a great example of that is is you know the former welterweight champion George st. Pierre and uh, his ability to really grasp on to you know what he believed was not only marketable for himself uh, but also a great representation of our sport in a landscape that quite frankly is filled with huge sports fans and many sports that people want to pay attention to all the time and so it is a crowded marketplace you know with hockey and the CFL Major League Baseball, um, and so for us, for our athletes to really you know, carve out a niche for themselves, to be able to um, present and, and espouse not only the virtues of what they stand for, but also for our brand and our sport, it's incredibly important. The
1: this, this sport involves you know, physical confrontation and, 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 and blows to the head. Yep. That's become a huge... Yep. A talking point, I'm sure you saw the CTE study by JAMA yesterday yeah, with yep. the, the NFL brains. Um, I mean, and look, I'm not doubting your popularity, but how do you? You know make sure people are still interested and younger people are getting involved despite some of those risks
0: yeah no it's a, a great question um, I think first and foremost you know we take athlete health and safety very very seriously our athletes go through you know a long list of, of tests whether they're competing or not um, our sport as you know is governed by a local athletic Commission um, and so fighters need to be signed off in order to compete uh, to the second part of your question you know for us MMA mixed martial arts is much more about you know the event itself and the live competition um, it also includes the lifestyle, of ex-martial arts, and, you know, there are a couple UFC gyms in the Edmonton area as well as one in Calgary. And those, you know, serve to be a great extension not only of our brand but the central tenets of, you know, this healthy lifestyle that involves respect and discipline. So when it comes to, you know, making sure that we can get young sports fans who are interested an in ability to kind of compete and, tr- and train, you know, the MMA lifestyle is, is something that uh, can teach them, you know, proper health regimen, Discipline, respect—all these sorts of things—that allow them
1: to stay fit and have fun. How interested are you in uh, Conor McGregor's attempts to take on Mayweather? Uh,
0: well, very interested. We've we've um, we've spent a lot of time in the last few weeks, last few months, preparing for the the boxing event on August 26th. Um, it's going to be, you know, an event of epic proportions. Uh, I mean, it, it could be one of the biggest pay-per-view events of all time. Um, as you saw from some of the press conferences in the last couple weeks, you know, it's not just hardcore MMA and hardcore boxing offense Our fans that are interested uh, We're seeing interest across the board and um, it's exciting because you know It showcases Connor and what an incredible athlete he is and his ability to step over into the boxing realm um, I think is going to demonstrate uh, what an incredible athlete he is and and really you know, serve to represent,
1: uh, the impact that
0: he's made in the world of mixed martial
1: arts. All right. Good stuff there from David Shaw. He's UFC senior vice president. I sat down, uh, with him this morning at Rogers place. So I touched on a few things there. Uh, pretty good answers. I thought well-spoken guy. I, I- It is inside sports. I just, I just want to read an update here because uh, you know there's other stuff going on in the world, and I'm just going to read this release that just came out a few minutes ago from Stony Plain RCMP. Uh, Just a reminder here, and of course our news department will keep you updated on this as well. Highway 16 is closed in all directions between Range Road 30 and Range Road 31. We had uh, Kevin and a couple other people texting about it as well. So this is around Cougar Creek uh, Golf Course. Uh, Highway 16 closed in all directions between Range Road 30 and Range Road 31, so west of Edmonton. I'm just gonna read from the RCMP release. This is due to a motor vehicle collision involving a tanker that was hauling jet fuel. The tanker is now on fire. RCMP are asking residents in the area to evacuate for their safety. So if you live around Highway 16 and range roads thirty and thirty-one, Uh, you should get out of there for the time being until you hear something else. And the RCMP reminding everybody, Highway 16 at that location is not passable at this time. All lanes are closed. So it's not just one direction affected. They have shut down the highway because of this tanker fire and uh, the tanker in a collision, uh, hauling jet fuel and on fire. We'll keep you updated on uh, updates as we get them. But that's a big deal. And So be safe and uh, don't go in that area or get out of that area if you are around there. It is 7.15. It is Inside Sports on 630 Chat. Important to let you know about that. You'll also get to know Amanda Nunez, one of the UFC champs who's coming to Edmonton for UFC 215 on September 9th. That's when we get back on 630 Chat.
0: This is Mark Letestu from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630
1: Chat. Well, we had Mark Latestu on the show earlier. He played at the quarry today in the Mark Spector. Golf Classic. They raised over $150,000 for Sport Central. Congratulations to Mark and all the uh, people who work hard to put on that tournament. Again, Highway 16 closed in all directions near the Cougar Creek Golf Course between Range Road 30 and Range Road 31. A tanker hauling jet fuel involved in a collision. Uh, A fire has uh, resulted. Rural residents in the area are being asked to evacuate for their safety uh, Thomas Dias will keep you updated on that next newscast coming up in 11 minutes at 7.30. My name is Reed Wilkins thank you so much for tuning in it's Inside Sports on 6.30 Ched, Uh, pretty busy day today I got to talk to Amanda Nunez who is uh, going to be fighting here in Edmonton UFC 215 on Saturday September 9th she'll be taking on Valentina Shevchenko for the women's bantamweight championship uh, Nunez owns that belt her she beat Ronda Rousey late last year Actually actually uh, just destroyed her winning in uh, less than a minute and I caught up with Dunhos at Rogers Place.
2: I started in Jiu-Jitsu when I was 16 years old and uh, I I live in a small town in Brazil and then I decided to move to a big a big a big um, city in Brazil the name Salvador and I started training at Edson Carvalho Gym, it was a huge gym, and they have everything inside, like jiu-jitsu, judo, uh, wrestling, and grow game, and at that time it was Vale Tudo, Vale Tudo was MMA, but uh, you can do everything, no, no, um, how do you say, uh, there's no rules before was Vale Tudo. Now it's MMA because it have rules, everything. But at the time, you know, in Brazil we don't have rules. And in this gym, I already have people training for fight that. And then I started training as well. My uncle was a fighter too, was a Vale Tudo fighter. And it's kind of my blood. When I started to do it, and then I have the opportunity to to do my pro debut, and I decided to do it since that moment and never stopped. I my pro debut was I was 19 years old. I started training for Vale at the time for MMA with 18 years old. Was pretty young.
1: So you were good at it right away. Then you just kind of. Jumped right in, and away you went.
2: Yeah. And, uh, like, I trained, like, an amateur, and then uh, I, I want to do that, and then I decided to do it and then look, at, I am now.
1: You had a pretty famous uh, knockout of Ronda Rousey, a fast a fast one. What was that like, first of all, just fighting her, because there's been so much hype and attention around her her career? What was it like fighting someone so well-known and uh, so loved, I guess?
2: You know, when, uh, when I... A UFC when I become a UFC fighter, Ronda Rousey was a champion, and then everybody in the division wanna fight the champion. And at that time it was her. And when like uh, Holly Holmes beat Ronda Rousey, everything changed, you know. And then. Uh, Misha, Tate beat Holly Holmes, and then that was one more change. And then when I got my title shot, I was like in shock. You know, I respect for that moment for so long, and then it finally happened. And, uh, and in that big show, FC 200, was amazing. Then I, I beat Misha, I got the belt, and then like I saw like it was real. You know, I become a champion, and then. This is the thing. At the time, like when Ronda Rousey stopped for a little bit, a lot of people wanna see Ronda Rousey back. All the fans, you know. UFC build her up. She come back. She wanna come back. And then uh, I start call her out to make like she come back fast because you know Ronda Rousey was the most dominated athlete in this division. And then I say like, let's do it. I'm gonna call her out. I think she's gonna take it. Because everybody wanna see her, you know. In this pay-per-view is gonna be huge, and this the money can change people's life, you know, like my. And I started calling her out, and then she accepted. I was happy for. I know I I have a huge chance. I I know since like I got in the UFC, I would be Ronda Rousey, and then happened. I kick Ronda Ronda Rousey's ass, and then after that. Everybody, like, to respecting me as a champion, you know? What
1: was it like to win a bout that fast? I mean, you certainly don't go into a bout thinking you're going (laughs) to... Like, you're ready for the long haul, right?
2: Yeah, I know. Like, I I trained very smart for that fight, you know? I know as soon as I start connecting my, my hands in round, I know she can take it. And this was the thing. Like, take, take, it, take my time, you know, and then uh, connecting the right spot. And that was exactly what happened.
1: That is Amanda Nunez. Great to meet her today. She is the uh, UFC women's bant- bantamweight champion, going to fight Valentino Shevchenko. September 9th at Rogers Place. Now, there's a little bit of controversy here with Nunez because she was supposed to fight Shevchenko in UFC 213, and the morning of the fight, Nunez says, I- I'm-, I'm not able to do this because uh, I have some sinus Issues, I and mean, she was talking about that a, a little bit today. But obviously, a lot of people were unhappy that uh, she didn't go through with the fight and uh, wondering, you know, if maybe she still could have been able to or if this was a bit of a smokescreen. But anyway, I guess part of the hype is we're moving into this one. There will be two championship fights. We're also going to have Demetrius Johnson who is uh, widely considered the number one pound-for-pound fighter in UFC. He's the flyweight champ. He's going to be taking on Ray Borg, who has won his last two outings. He's the number three-ranked flyweight. So uh, tickets go on sale Friday. Obviously, you can uh, go to uh, the UFC website or there's Entertainment Group to find out more about this. Pretty big that UFC is coming here. I mean, when, when Roger's place was under construction and then finished, it's not even a year old. But uh, a lot of speculation about what would there be... Well, you know, first of all, there was like, what's the first show going to be? There was Keith Urban. We got all those Garth Brooks shows. What he did, nine shows in February. But a couple of the other things that a lot of people talked about is will Edmonton get a UFC? Obviously, we have. And there's still, you know, will uh, Edmonton possibly get a Toronto Raptors preseason game? which Which could still happen at some point in the near future. And then from a hockey perspective, you're looking at... NHL draft, which, uh, you know, not next year, but maybe down the road, NHL All-Star game down the road, World Juniors. So the building definitely bringing things to Edmonton. We'll see how the UFC does. I know Terry Jones is asking questions today. Is this a, a fight card for UFC fans? It has a lot of sizzle to it. Uh, I mean, I think there's certainly some appeal with, uh, you know, with the two fighters who were here today, Johnson and uh, Nunez coming to town. They have they certainly have interesting stories. And if, if you watched if you watch UFC or you can watch it on YouTube, like Nunez destroyed Rousey like he was over in 40 some seconds. He was an absolute destruction. But it it will be interesting, too, because uh, September 9th is the same night as the Labor Day rematch between the Eskimos and the Stampeders, and that's what we'll have here on 630 Chat. All right, we're coming up to the 730 News. Thomas will have the latest on the tanker fire west of Edmonton that has shut down Highway 16 in both directions. We'll have a little more from head coach Todd McClellan from your Edmonton Oilers. Sheila O'Kelly coming up on the show to talk about the big triathlon event in Edmonton this weekend and Darcy Park from the Edmonton Wildcats. It's been a fun show. Plenty more to come. Inside Sports on Chet.
0: Ryan Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins
1: on Oilers Radio 630, Chad. Well, thank you, Ryan. Oakland leading the Blue Jays 2-0 that game in the bottom of the eighth. This is Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630, Chad. Pleased to have you along for the ride tonight. Of course, Todd McClellan speaking today after the Mark Spector Golf Classic at the Quarry. Hey, what about with that new guy coming in, Ryan Strom? Where's he going to play?
3: You know, first of all, the position part of the question is he's a utility player. He has the ability to play center um, and uh, has in the past. He's been able to win faceoffs. He's also comfortable on the wing. So we have the luxury uh, uh, of moving players around. And, and as the fans here know, we, we, we like to do that. We like to have uh, utility players that can move in and out from line to line. And um, I think we're going to have a very um, motivated Ryan Strom. Uh, I think he's focused on on coming back and, and having a very strong year. He's excited about becoming an Oiler and uh, we can't wait to get him to come to training camp.
1: Alright, and you can get the full McClellan comments by going to the Oilers page on 630ched.com. Eskimos Lions Friday night, Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. We had Mike Riley on the show earlier. We had Travis Lule on the show last night. We'll have a final game preview tomorrow night here on Inside Sports a Fun week ramping up to this game and we're also ramping up to the big itu triathlon event here in edmonton and the gm and president of that and recent inductee into the edmonton hall of fame is sheila o'kelly who checks in now sheila great to have you on the show how are you doing I'm doing fine. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm pleased to have you on the show. Uh, you know, obviously you were inducted uh, earlier this summer with uh, Hugh Campbell, Tim Barrett, Laurie Eisler. And uh, I was th- thought, well, do I get Sheila on the show then or or do we get her on the week of the triathlon? And I thought, well, we'll ask for the week of the triathlon when she's really busy and doesn't have a lot of time for this kind of stuff. But, uh, <laughs> but we do appreciate you making time for us. Um, you know but sheila you you have a great story before we get into this weekend you have a, you have a long affiliation with with triathlon can you take me back to the very beginning with this sport and just what clicked for you with triathlon and why it's so important in your life
5: uh you know for me and it, it really is a personal story i mean i just started taking my kids to kids' field races uh there were swimmers and skiers and there happened to be an event on father's day and three or four families of us for St. Albert loaded up the trucks and went to this event and then the guy got tired of doing it, so myself and one of the dads said, ah, we'll do it in St. Albert, and that's really where it started, there was no master plan, no business plan, we were just doing something that we really enjoyed doing, that people kept telling us we're doing a good job and we should do more, and then we were foolish enough to keep doing more, and here <laughs> it is
1: uh, and, and how many years ago was that?
5: 19... Uh, 19- 1989,
1: 1990. Oh wow! Okay, so we're going back almost thirty years. That's uh, that's incredible. Oh, don't say that. That makes me well, very old. Well, no, that's great. Uh, <laughs> hey, you, you got you got wisdom and experience on your side, which which is which is never a bad thing. Okay, I'll take that. Yeah, exactly. Now, now, look, we we all know uh, living in in Canada that there is one sport that is that is dominant. There are other sports that that do well and then there are, are kind of a bunch of sports that fight for attention or, or might get attention at certain times of the year. Just from your, your perspective, what are some of the challenges and maybe some of the highs and lows of, of trying to you know, get triathlon out there, uh, let people know what's, uh, what's going on? Because, I mean, there have been some great Canadians and great Edmontonians like Paula Finley, um, but it's also not the sport that you can turn on and see uh, on your TV every night. So how, how, does that, how do those challenges work for you?
5: well i think you've highlighted the challenges yes i mean this city has two major sports uh you know hockey and football uh but i think that when you take a sport like triathlon it it does provide um excitement it's not you know i think triathlon itself grew out of people being bored with just either swimming or either running and became this you know three-legged sport that Uh, Provides a lot of challenge. It provides a lot of excitement. It makes for wonderful TV, and uh, you know I think that is something that we've got going for us. It also makes for great community engagement because you know again we're not in a stadium. Um, You know we're we're swimming in open water. We're biking on the roads and running on the trails. So it's it it really touches the community in that way. And that you know you don't have to line up for tickets or for seats. And yet you can come out and watch the best in the world. And I mean, at one point, I think it was 2012, at that point and for the period of time that Triathlon was in the Olympic Games, um, 30% of the athletes that went to the Olympic Games were actually from Edmonton.
1: Oh, wow. Incredible. Okay.
5: So I I think that, you know, it it serves to inspire and it serves to grow and develop the sport. And, you know, no city should just be a two-sport city. We need to embrace sport. Um, for all seasons and, and for all people. And triathlon certainly does that. You know, we've got our kids of steel, We've got our age group. And we have people competing in the 80-plus category, and yet we have the very best athletes in the world competing on the stage in Harlick Park right alongside the kids and right alongside the, we call them, the older folk. Right. That yeah. is unique.
1: Well, and, and I think and I, 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 that leads into another thing I wanted to throw to you here. And, and Sheila, I know... Uh, I always enjoy talking to women and men in endurance sports, whether it's triathlon or people who do marathons or those or those death races, you know, where they where you run all day or overnight. And you've probably found this, too. I mean, just in triathlon, there are so many great stories of commitment and dedication and sometimes overcoming adversity, aren't there?
5: Yeah, no, there there are for sure, and then the sport is used by people a, a lot in in doing that, in overcoming adversity. And you know, it's not all about um, training all year round, all week. I mean, sprint distance triathlon now is the fastest growing and the most popular, and that's very doable by by anyone. I mean, there was a time when you know people just talked about Ironman, and I mean, Ironman is for a smaller few, uh, but the sport that we put on here in Harlick Park and the kids' events that we run, you know, they're, they're family, they're sport development-orientated. They're for everybody.
1: Sheila Kelly joining us, General Manager, President for the uh, tri- ITU Triathlon that's coming up in Edmonton this weekend. Okay, give me, give me a reminder here. Uh, what are the distances we're looking at this weekend, and how long is it going to take the world-class athletes to hit the finish line?
5: Okay, the highlight of the weekend is Saturday is Saturday, when the women's race goes at 10:6 and the men's race goes at 30:6. And they're both sprint distance. That's 750 swim, 20k bike and a 5K run. They are looped courses. So in terms of that bike that goes up the Millie Murphy will come through the park five times. So it's a great spectacle. Uh, The women's race will be won in about an hour. The men's race just a little under that. I mean, as well, on Friday evening, if you really want to be inspired, you'd come down and watch the Para World Triathlon Series. We have 70 para athletes from I'm not sure how many countries, I think maybe 15, 20, uh, competing in this World Para Triathlon Series. And it is truly inspiring so i would encourage people to come out and and watch the power on the friday evening starting at five and certainly that sunday um getting people out even at the top of emily murphy hill we've got what we call canada corner the Win- windsor park community are putting on a big party up there and everybody's welcome at that corner or right in the park in the grandstands and and uh, with a, a large screen and 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 live uh, Announcing, so it's it's really quite exciting. There's also a kids zone. It's going to come down with the kids. There's a beer garden. There's there's just you can you can do everything. You can entertain yourself and uh, you can watch the action, and everybody can have a great time.
1: I got to say, I love that the course incorporates uh, Emily Murphy because uh, I have run that hill several times, and it's part of the 15K Canada Day Road Race. So indeed, it is. <laughs> it's
5: like Heartbreak Hill. Well, you want to go to? You only have to do it five times if you were in this race oh, on your bike. Jeez, that's
1: <laughs> that's, not, that's a true test. Okay, uh, so sorry, sorry. So, it's Friday night and and Saturday. That's what we're looking at.
5: Yeah, Friday night at five o'clock. Saturday one o six and three o six. And Windsor Park parking get the shuttle to the park, and just come on out and cheer all these great athletes on.
1: Okay, and what are we looking at for any local, con- I mean, is Paula, uh, what's, Paula what's her step? Stat- Paula
5: is racing, and we're very excited about that, so for sure, you all need to come out and, and cheer Paula on, and we've got a few great Canadians there, Tyler Mislauchuk and Joanna Brown are two top Canadians as well, so really, uh, uh, we do need everyone to come out and show the appreciation of these great athletes and how hard they work.
1: Well, Sheila, it is, it is a great event. It's it's a feather in your cap and Edmonton's cap that we keep having it uh, year after year. Horlick's obviously a great venue. And again, I know you're crazy busy this week, so thanks for filling us in here on Inside Sports. I hope we can have more time to talk in the future.
5: Thank you. I hope to see you on the weekend.
1: Right on. That is Sheila O'Kelly checking in tonight. So, uh, yeah, 5 o'clock Friday, as she mentioned, uh, you go park at Windsor Park. And uh, then you can shuttle the Horolak and watch it. And she says it's a loop, so you know the athletes go by. And yeah, that Emily Murphy hill. It'll be uh, <laughs> curious to see how the uh, the experts handle that on their bikes. I, I, I've run up there, and yeah, it can be a bit of a heartbreaker, leg breaker too. she will killing. Do you imagine
0: running it up at five times, like she was saying, or, or biking up? At well, five yeah, times? Well, yeah,
1: I've run up at five times. About the same a, day in yeah, my life. Exactly. Yeah, in, in, the my, same. in a summer, I might do it five times total. Uh, I, I used to do it more often because I used to live closer to it. Right. But, yeah, it is It is part of the 15K. Thanks That's a steep to, hill. Thanks to Sheila for coming on the show tonight. It is 7.44. Quick timeout. Uh, we had Edmonton Huskies head coach Ian McLean on the show last night. Darcy Park from their crosstown rival, the Wildcats, when we get back.
0: This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Ched.
1: Got a text here at 630 630. This person says, I love going to watch triathlon. Went the last time it was here. Set myself up on a sharp turn. It was actually terrifying. Loved it when the bikes were coming around that corner. Excellent. Yeah, that's a good text and uh, no doubt about that. That'd be something to see live and see up close how fast they actually go. That's the beauty of, uh, I know, TV and the internet has uh, has taken over, but still nothing like seeing a live sporting event and getting a sense of how fast and powerful the top athletes in the world really are. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins. It's Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio, 630 Ched. And uh, we're ramping up here. Obviously, the Eskimos approaching the uh, one-third point of their season, and it's training camp time for the Edmonton Huskies and Wildcats. We talked to Huskies head coach Ian McLean last night, and I'm pleased to welcome back to the show the head coach of the Wildcats. It's Darcy Park. Darcy, thank you so much for making time for us because I know uh, there's, a, there's a lot going on for you guys now. How are things going, man?
4: Uh, fantastic. I mean, it, we're out here on a, a beautiful evening in, in July and uh, not a cloud in the sky. And we got a bunch of guys who are excited to get
1: a season going. Well, th- thanks for doing this uh, in in the middle of practice. I, I'm such a jerk. Like I had Ian on last night as he's getting ready for a meeting. You're uh, you're clearly out on the field, but I guess that's why you have coordinators and assistants, eh? <laughs>
4: yeah, we're uh, pretty lucky. We got uh, obviously there's we've had some changes in our coaching staff after last year, but the young coaches we brought in are uh, you know enthusiastic and exciting, and uh, you know I'm just enjoying kind of getting around and uh, and uh, getting to see the players and and uh, you know do some evaluating
1: when when you're hiring coaches to help you out you know what are you looking for because i'm sure there's a lot of young guys who who uh who want to break in and have ideas and maybe you have ex players uh but there's also nothing like experience so what what's your approach when you put together a staff
4: well um you know what it comes down to a pretty simple thing like when i'm talking to guys if the first thing out of their mouth is uh you know the, the kids and, and helping the kids to their goals and and that's a pretty big check mark in my box. Uh, in my box, that's, that's what we want. We want to have guys here who have some experience of playing at a high level, uh, and, and who you know want to get back to the game and want to make their kids better. You know, we pride ourselves on on developing. You know, it's a developmental league, and we want to develop players to give them an opportunity to go on after junior. Uh, but while they're here, we also want to make sure we're winning. So, uh, an example, we brought in Andy Pilon, who was with uh, Salisbury High School for the last six years. Uh, he played for us in 2009, was a Offensive uh, Player of the Year for the CGFL. Uh, we brought him in as our new offensive coordinator. We brought in uh, Chris Topko, who was a, a one-year Wildcat, and then went down and spent five years with uh, the Dinos and ended up being the all-time leading receiver. Uh, you know, and, that, and that's exciting. Uh, I guess the biggest, the biggest uh, you know, name we brought in just happened recently where we were fortunate enough with Andrew Jones, kind of retiring after a nine-year CFL career, and uh, when I met with him, it was uh, it was a no brainer to get him on our staff. He's an unbelievable man. Uh, anyone who I've talked to about him, in terms of former teammates, uh, he played with a couple ex Wildcats, and Ryan and Neil King uh, in Edmonton, and Jeff Hecht in uh, Saskatchewan, and they couldn't say enough good things about him. So, again, bringing in a guy who's got three Great Cup uh, Great Cup rings and has played defensive line in, 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 in the CIS and was moved to offensive line in the CFL. It's, it's, it's
1: fantastic. Yeah. I was, I, I'm glad you brought up Andrew. Cause I wanted to ask you about him. So yeah, three great cups on the resume. Uh, all, I think always helps the, uh, the young athletes listen when, when he's delivering a message. So that's a feather in, in, in your cap to get that as well. Hey, before I get some more details on, on this year's team, uh, I want to ask you the same thing I talked about with Ian last night. I, I mean, that, uh, that fifty-fifty was pretty impressive a, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, it, it certainly helps you guys out, doesn't it?
4: Oh, it's it's fantastic. Again, uh, you know, when the Eskimos brought in the automated system, they promised us, you know, that it was only going to raise, uh, you know, raise the, the funds that uh, that were being uh, paid out at the games, and, and you know, they, they've kept their word. Uh, you know, uh, hats off to, to all three programs to have to, you know, send so many players to that game and. You know, it's a it's a it's a tough time for fans because I know everyone wants their tickets. But you know, our guys handled themselves uh, well in terms of uh, maybe dealing with some frustrated people. But again, they they were courteous and uh, I think they did a great job selling. And again, uh, without that, there's uh, we're not sitting here talking. That's for sure.
1: Darcy Park joining us, Edmonton Wildcats head coach. They're uh, getting uh, going through training camp here. I, I got to ask you something else and. I, again it's, it's it's a question i asked ian last night and i i said to ian I, I i hate to put you in a tough position so i'll say that to you too darcy my take personally is that i, I i'm not sure about this playing teams in another conference the huskies have to go to windsor um now are, are you guys part of this scheduling as well and if so what other conference team are you playing
4: yeah, well, we were a little fortunate. So our uh, our Ontario team we play is going to be the Hamilton Hurricanes, and, and they were the defending Ontario champions. We don't play them until uh, September 22nd. And uh, it, one of the interesting things is, is that it's the 40-year anniversary of when Hamilton and the Wildcats met in the national championship. So, you know, for us and for those uh, the members of that great 77 Wildcat team, there's plenty of those guys around the city and plenty of those guys who still are around the club. It's going to be a great weekend. I'm excited for our guys, again, to experience, uh, you know, kind of how big of an impact this time of their lives has on them and then uh, get to be around guys who are now, you know, in their 60s who still remember, the, you know, their playing days like it happened yesterday. So it's difficult. Uh, obviously, the cost is, is a lot for, for the leagues and for the clubs, but, uh, you know, it's a national league. And um, for us to be able to raise our brand, I think it's important that we do go – last year we went to the BC Conference. This year we're going to the Ontario Conference. So I think uh, it's important. It's just, again, it's, uh, you know, depending on the draw you get, uh, these points count in the standing. So our, our league's always so tough, uh, you know, depending on whether you're playing, you know, maybe one of the stronger teams in the conference or one of the weaker teams, that could mean the difference of a playoff spot.
1: No, but you were, you're hosting Hamilton, right, September 22nd?
4: Yeah, we got lucky. You got, we uh, got a little lucky. Okay.
1: <laughs> now, does this af- does this affect? Or, so, I think last year you played nine games. Is yeah. are you playing nine again, or have they worked it back to eight?
4: No, they worked it back to eight. So okay. It's, uh, it, it benefits. it. Like uh, you know, playing the Huskies three times is always exciting. But again, it's uh, depending on the draw. The draw, the way we split up our leagues, where so now this year, with basically, there's you could call it an Alberta conference where we play the Huskies mm-hmm. and the Colts twice. And then we play uh, one game each between Regina, okay. Winnipeg and Saskatoon. and then we have our, our, our out of conference game So that's kind of how it works. Just, this is after and Manitoba teams will play each other twice and only the Alberta teams won. So the league did a good job of looking at all the ways to again try and make it uh, better, okay. better better in terms of the interconference.
1: All right, Darcy. Look, you guys had a, had a tough year last year. Uh, you've you've coached football for a long time, and in in junior, obviously, uh, you get peaks and valleys. And, and you know, as a coach, you always got to be teaching and instructing. And a lot of times, there's a year or two where you might be building. Give us a sense of, of where you figure the team is in the cycle going into this year.
4: Well, you know, to be completely honest, like we've had a, we've had uh, a couple of uh, disappointing seasons, and. You know the, our uh two years ago where we were competitive and we, we lost uh four games in the last minute we thought we were you know we were we were still close And then last year you know we uh you know we didn't we didn't play very well uh we had you know we were missing a bunch of veteran guys right from the beginning and had to play a bunch of youth not to be excused so it was it was uh you know you really have to reflect i was fortunate uh i got to be involved with football Alberta uh right in january and uh, we took a team down to texas for the international bowl and and honestly we went through a season without winning and you're kind of doubting yourself and we were the only uh non-american team to win in that tournament so <laughs> that gave me a little bit of confidence like okay i uh, i can win a game again uh, and then again i took a team down uh, this summer for the western canadian championships we played dc which was coached by jerry friesen and and saskatchewan and manitoba and, and our alberta team went through it and and, and uh, dominated that tournament so i'm feeling pretty good again <laughs> personally about uh you know, the things that I try and do on the football field and what we're trying to teach and how we run practice. And then being around uh, on, on those staffs, I was around probably some of the best high school coaches who, again, have been around a long time from all across the province. So it was like uh, two two coaching clinics for me to go to. So i definitely taken lots of what I learned at that and brought it back to the Wildcats. And in terms of where we are, uh, you know, we're super excited. So we've got three players back who missed all of last year, and all three are huge different makers makers it starts with uh, Evan i have on our on our defensive line who you know is a 6'4 285 pound monster oh. uh and uh he can run like he runs a sub 5 for, uh, 40 and and uh, you just don't replace those guys so having a guy like that back makes a difference on on offense uh ronnie oling who's a you know a six three speedster at receiver he's back after missing all of last year with a knee injury again that's just something we're super excited about uh, it's a new offense. The guys have done a great job of picking it up. Andy believes a little bit in what I believe in, where uh, with our offensive line and stuff, we're going to let them uh, be aggressive and tee off. And, you know, we're going to be a little bit of uh, a more of a running attack and and uh, play action. But uh, we're going to let the guys be physical. they're they're kind of all buying into it right now.
1: Right on. Darcy, uh, season starts for you guys August 12th. Of course, we'll do this a few times throughout the year. All the best with training camp, man. I'll let you get back to work.
4: Absolutely, Reed. Thanks for your support again, and I look forward to talking to
1: you soon. Right on. That's Darcy Park, head coach for the Edmonton Wildcats. Got to remember that day in September, September 22nd, when they host the Hamilton Hurricanes, as he said, the 50th anniversary of uh, their meeting in the national championship. All right. Been a fun show. You heard from Todd McClellan, Mark Littes, to Mike Riley couple of big names from UFC Shiloh Kelly from the Edmonton Triathlon and that was Darcy Park on the show Dave Campbell is the producer Kellen Kennedy your studio producer this evening more on uh, what McClellan and Latesto said today on 630ched.com my name is Reed Wilkins thanks for listening I'll talk to you tomorrow 630 Chad inside sports with Reed Wilkins
3: weekdays at 6 on 6:30 Chad.